This is the Your Dollars Making Sense podcast, brought to you by Jamie Blanton with Jacob Title, Bales Property Management and Home Building, SHH Mechanical, Boyle's Tax Service, 412 Pub House, Anytime Fitness, and Cotton Home Inspections. Hey everybody, Richard Neese here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Dollars Making Sense, where financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. If this is the first time you've listened to us, thank you so much. Please make sure you also tune in on Spotify. You can check out some of our previous podcasts. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio. We'll have a Facebook Live, YouTube, all sorts of different platforms for you to learn more about investing, learn more about going from uh, an employee uh, to a business owner, employee to an investor. That's what we do. You know, I started this show about six months ago because it was consistently uh, happening where folks were calling me and saying, hey, Richard, I know you've been successful at real estate. We see the businesses you're running. We want to learn how to invest our money. We want to learn how to do more with what we've got, whether that's a side hustle or just becoming an entrepreneur as a whole. And it seemed like about every week I had two or three lunch appointments, breakfast appointments. So I said, how about we put this on the air? We had a show before called The Real Estate Rundown where we discussed just real estate, but this is a way that we can reach more people, help them grow and learn more about financial intelligence, help them become financially independent. Today I'm pretty excited. Uh, we're not talking just about investing, we're talking about entrepreneurship, but I'm, I'm pretty excited to introduce L.D. Ralph with the Small Business Association. He's the Deputy District Director. L.D., thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, my pleasure to be here. We, we, we're the Small Business Administration. Administration, excuse me. Yeah, we're, we're not a membership organization, so anybody can participate in the, the things that, that, that we provide. So we're the, the Small Business Administration. I, I'm already learning something. We've only been on for about two minutes, so that's great. Uh, <laughs> Good. LD, uh, tell us a little bit of background about you and how you got into this uh, organization. Well, it, it, it's kind of a circuitous route. I'm, I'm actually, I was a North Alabama kid, uh, born and raised there in your neighboring town of Arab is where I was born and raised. I'm not going to hold that against you, okay? <laughs> okay, and, uh, that's fine. Uh, I ask that of a lot of people when they find out yes, I'm sir. from Arab. So. <laughs> but uh, graduated from college and then began my career uh, with the federal government, actually, uh, as a collector with the Internal Revenue Service. So uh, it, it's probably a much more pleasant conversation so, so for you to have this with me as an SBA employee <laughs> as that's opposed right, to that's a, right. an IRS employee. But uh, I worked collections in the Internal Revenue Service and then uh, saw a position available with SBA as a loan officer. And uh, just looking at uh, what the requirements were as far as financial review and financial analysis and everything that I was doing as a collector, uh, with the IRS was uh, right in line with what they were wanting me to do as a loan officer with the SBA. In fact, being a collector in collections is probably the best training in the world <laughs> to be a loan officer because you see it from the other side. So you're you're knowing what to look for when you're reviewing finances to determine, you know, if somebody can repay a loan. When I was a collector, I was trying to determine what they could repay. As a loan officer, I was trying to determine if they could make, make a loan payment or not. So it was a, a very easy switch going from one to the other. Uh, now, it was a 180-degree switch because I was looking right. <laughs> from going well, well, as a collector say, to a loan You also get invited officer. to a lot more parties now, too. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. Now, when I was uh, working in collections, my wife would suggest a place that she'd want to go out to, and I'd have to tell her, sweetheart, we can't go there. Uh, they know me there, and so <laughs> it would not be a good thing if I showed up at that restaurant. But after I became a loan officer with SBA, she would suggest a place, and I would say, yeah, we need to go there. Uh, I did the loan on that that uh, establishment, it. so it would be good to try to keep them in business. And so uh, I worked several years as a loan officer here in the district office in Birmingham, and that, that's back when the district offices 
process the loan applications as they came in from the lenders, and we can talk right. more about about that process, how that works in a minute. Absolutely. Uh, but then eventually, the SBA centralized its loan processing function and created some central loan centers that processed uh, the application. So uh, I went from being a loan officer to a position that was called lender relations specialist, where that was marketing and promoting SBA's financial programs to the lenders that participate with us. And I did that for quite a few years, uh, ultimately became the lead lender relations specialist. And then a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to be selected as the uh, deputy district director for the Alabama district office. So I've been filling that role for the past couple of years. So I've had to expand my knowledge base, getting not just involved in the loan programs, but the overall management of the office and the employees and the other programs uh, that SBA offers, too, to support small businesses in addition to, uh, you know, just the loan programs. So I'd say you've got a pretty solid background in the finance side, and then you know the ins and outs of the organization. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I've been, uh, well, been a federal employee for 20, uh, 28 years now, so uh, so I, I reckon I'll stick with it. They've got the golden handcuffs on me, so I want to finish it out. I understand. Yes, yes, sir. My mom works at Redstone. Uh, she, she's in a similar situation, about 20 years, so I understand that. And I also understand the, the questioning. I used to be a deputy sheriff, so now I've got to look at, I walk through Walmart or somewhere like that. I'm thinking, did I arrest that guy or did I sell him a house? I don't remember. Let's <laughs> which, figure it which, out. Which part of my life did I know him <laughs> That's from? exactly right. So I can definitely relate as far as the restaurant talk you were talking about. So right. tell us, what is the purpose of the SBA? Well, the, the SBA is an independent uh, federal agency, uh, uh, part of the executive branch of the government. It was established back in 1953. And just very simply, the goal of SBA as an independent agency was to you know foster small business growth. In the, in the across the country, uh, whether it be startup or whether it, it be existing, and so uh, that's been the the main goal over quite a few years, uh, well since its inception. And so there are various areas that SBA uh, assists in doing that uh, for small businesses. Now, we the SBA, like I said, is an independent federal agency. However, uh, we don't answer to commerce, we don't answer to trade. Uh, it, it's a it's a totally separate independent agency. But we are the smallest. Uh, federal agency in the uh, federal government with about maybe 2,500 employees. If you compare that to IRS yeah. or DOD or Treasury or other departments, uh, it, it, we're we're a pretty small. We're a TLFA, I call it, a tiny little federal agency. <laughs> yes, sir. But we have the benefit of the the SBA administrator. Uh, the boss of the SBA uh, is actually a member of the, the president's cabinet. Oh, wow. The, the SBA administrator is a cabinet-level position, so we have, we're a small agency, but we have a big impact. So tell me, what is the, the benefit, or why would uh, big federal government get involved with a small business? What's the benefit for our, our country and for our region? Well, uh, the way we monitor a lot of the success that we, or way we try to gauge our success at SBA is in the area of creation of jobs. And of course, when you're creating jobs uh, and you're creating, uh, increasing the tax base, so that just naturally uh, enhances the operation of the government. We're an additional uh, a revenue creator for the government in the fact that we try to help entrepreneurs establish their businesses, create jobs, and uh, raise the economy. And so the rising tide raises all the boats. So we, we seek in whatever form or fashion we can to assist the economy mainly through assisting entrepreneurship, small businesses, and we kind of look at our effectiveness in that and, and how many jobs uh, we get created each year by businesses that receive SBA assistance in our various programs. So we're on a, a local radio station that covers uh, several counties. Uh, where would I go to find SBA resources uh, here in North Alabama? Well, now, uh, you've got a, uh, some physical options, and there are some uh, Internet options. First off, uh, the SBA 
uh, now, uh, in, in Alabama, we have just the district office of SBA here in Birmingham. Okay. Uh, and we have a, a satellite office in Mobile, a one-person office there. We're looking to try to establish a one-person office in North Alabama. We have not done that yet. But as a small agency, what we have learned that we have to do to try to uh, expand our reach is we have to work primarily through partnerships and uh, leverage our resources working with other entities that have the same goal in mind of uh, you know helping to Absolutely. raise the economy. And the SBA has uh, official resource partners that, that we partner with that help distribute our assistance across the state. You know, just being here in Birmingham with a small office, it'd be hard for us to impact the whole state because Alabama's a big state, Absolutely. north to south yep. and east to west. You know, just logistically, it would be hard to cover. So we have a, a, a few different options of resource partners, and this, this kind of gets into the counseling side available uh, of what SBA does in the area of counseling. Uh, we have resource partners that provide free small business counseling, uh, a couple of different networks. One of the largest network that we have is the Alabama Small Business Development Center Network. Uh, it has about 10 institutions across the state, primarily located at our uh, uh, four-year colleges across the state. The the service area there in Coleman, North Alabama, Marshall County, Coleman County, uh, neighboring counties in North Alabama uh, would be serviced out of uh, uh, our Small Business Development Center, which is a part of UAH in Huntsville. Interesting. And so uh, uh, even though it's part of UAH, the Small Business Development Center office uh, is in the Chamber of Commerce in Huntsville. Right. But we have those SBDCs all across the state. We have one at UNA in Florence. Uh, we have one at uh, Jacksonville State in Jacksonville. And so we have now the headquarters of the network is at the uh, University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa. But we also have centers in Auburn at Auburn University, Alabama State in Montgomery, uh, West Alabama in Livingston, Troy, uh, uh, Troy University in Troy, University of South Alabama in Mobile, uh, just located all across the state. So wherever you are, there's going to be one of those small business development centers uh, that are close to you uh, that you can contact, and they provide uh, free small business counseling. As many- Mr. Ralph, I, we're kind of looking at the macro, and we're coming up against a break now. I want to look at the micro on the other side of the break and talk sure. about – I'm really interested in the, the college locations and what benefit that is if you see more um, small business coming from college campuses or if, if that's something that kind of levels out with different age groups. Uh, but like I said, we're coming up against a break. If you guys are just now tuning in, I've got L.D. Ralph with the Deputy District Director of the Small Business Administration – uh, he's given us lots of knowledge about the administration, and he's going to tell us what you can do if you want to start your own small business on the other side of the break. So make sure you tune in. This is the Your Dollars Making Sense podcast, brought to you by Jamie Blanton with Jacob Title, Bales Property Management and Home Building, SHH Mechanical, Boyle's Tax Service, 412 Pub House, Anytime Fitness, and Cotton Home Inspections. Hey everybody, Richard Neese here. Welcome back to the second segment of Your Dollars Making Sense. Uh, we've got tons and tons of information today coming from L.D. Ralph, the Deputy District Director of the Small Business Administration. Thank you again for, for coming on and staying on for a second segment. I'm excited about what the topics we're about to cover. It was my pleasure. So one of the things uh, that I discussed with LD through email was the things that they do on a, a micro level, and, and he gave me four things that we can discuss. Uh, government contracts, small business counsel, uh, 
uh, consultation, financial assistance, and disaster assistance. So you want to go through, um, let's start with the small business counseling. Uh, if, if I'm a local, uh, I'll come into the UAH office. Uh, how does that process work? I've got an idea for a business. Uh, I'm a veteran. I, I want to start this business up. Uh, how do you guys work that? Well, the, the way it is, working with our resource partners, and, and we were talking about the, the UAH office of the Small Business Development Center. I also wanted to mention we have a women's business center in Huntsville also nice. that, that serves uh, small businesses in North Alabama and Coleman, and uh, your surrounding listening area there would be part of that service area, too. Yes, they sir. provide similar services. But uh, as, as it is with all of our resource partners, the Women's Business Center or the SBDC, the, the counseling is free. You just have to call and make the appointment. And uh, they can determine, you know, whether you're a startup business or if you're an existing business that wish to expand. And uh, as many times as you need to meet with them, the counseling is free. And they will generally uh, have people on staff that, uh, or they may have access to counselors that uh, may have a particular experience or expertise in the area that you're needing assistance in. But even just in the startup phase, the, the SBDCs or the Women's Business Centers can tell you what it takes to get started in businesses, what kind of licensing uh, you need to have if you need state licensing for your business. Uh, any question that you might have in the startup phase about how do I start, uh, who do I see, who, who gives me approval to get started, do I need licenses? Uh, they can walk you through that process. So what we're talking uh, about, and then, you know, oftentimes if the business wants assistance in perhaps marketing, right. perhaps social media, perhaps doing the books with the uh, uh, doing their accounting, they can give them advice in all of those areas. Now, of course, they're not going to do it for them because you've got to right. hire your professionals right. to do that for you. But they can tell you what you need to run a business in the in the area of insurance, in the area of financing, in the area of. Uh, uh, marketing, all, all the different aspects that it takes to start and run a business. Uh, our Small Business Development Center Network and our Women's Business Centers are well-versed uh, so, in helping businesses. So we're talking about laying out long-term business plans uh, because I know a lot of folks get scared by that. I mean, you're looking at it, you got this great idea for a service or a product, uh, and then the first thing a bank tells you is, well, we need a business plan. That's well, right. And so you're, you're kind of getting to the next area of assistance that the SBA offers in the area of uh, of financing, and that, that's one of the things that our network of resource partners can help a small business with is do projections and financials, whether you're a startup or you're an existing business, and get ready to approach a lender uh, at the point when you get ready to seek the financing. And so, uh, the SBA has several different uh, loan programs available to small businesses. A, a, a lot of it may determine the type of assets you want to finance, uh, which program you use, or the the dollar size that you might be looking for. Uh, uh, SBA's main financial assistance program is called the 7A loan, which is, just really means it's a guaranteed loan, meaning that a bank makes the loan and the SBA guarantees it. And, and the purpose of the guarantee that the SBA offers on our, our commercial business loans is to motivate that lender to make a loan that otherwise they would not make right. or that you could not qualify for. Is so, this similar to uh, like a VA loan or something like that? It's a, a It's very similar to the VA loan where the VA guarantees a home loan. Uh, on the business loan, the SBA loan, the on the 7A guaranteed loan, the, the SBA guarantees a percentage of the loan that the bank makes. And, and the banks that participate with us have the forms and the paperwork that you fill out to apply. And when it comes time to actually apply for the guaranteed loan, the application comes from the lender. It doesn't come from the borrower, so okay. it's the lender that packages the application and submits it to SBA if they make the decision they want to do the loan for the borrower contingent upon getting the guarantee. Is, are there certain um, qualifications, certain steps that have to be done in order to, to apply for that loan? 
Well, it's like you said, the, the it's just like applying even apart from SBA. If you're going to a bank applying for a loan, especially a commercial business loan, the lender uh, is going to want personal financial statements. They want a personal balance sheet. Uh, if you're a business, they're going to want projections. If you're a startup business, uh, if you're an existing business, they're going to want copies of tax returns and uh, historical financial statements as well as historical balance sheets. So really the, the process in applying for an SBA guaranteed loan at the bank is really very similar in just applying for a conventional business loan at the bank. You're giving the lender all the same information uh, either way. There just might be a few additional SBA forms that the lender has to gather as they get ready to submit the application to SBA. And by the way, the submission to SBA from the bank is an electronic process. It's it's no longer a paperwork-intensive process where the bank has to put together a big paper file and send it in the mail to SBA. They actually, the lenders have accounts with SBA where they log in and can submit their applications to the SBA electronically. That's increased the efficiency and the turnaround time Absolutely. on the application process. S- saved a few trees, too, in, along the process. Right, right. So we're, what I, you were telling me some uh, some different locations of your satellite offices and things like that, and they were all attached to a college. Is there a reason for that? Are there more resources there? Are there more applicants that come out of the college areas? Well, it, it's, it's not necessarily. Uh, it just turns out that that was an efficient way for uh, – the, because the SBDC network is a state agency uh, that is a partner with the SBA. They're right. not officially SBA employees. They are a state nonprofit entity. But they have determined that in most states that the most efficient way to deliver that service is to, to form it in conjunction with the, the higher education network in the state. I see. And, so that, and the University of Alabama is the lead center that manages the whole SBDC network. But they, you know, it, it just for efficiency's sake, it turns out the easiest way to – because you have access also – uh, to uh, business expertise in the business schools that, uh, that that can provide counseling for the at these small business development centers. So, it, it it's just an efficient way to deliver the service, and it also is an efficient way to spread the uh, delivery of the service across the state to make it so that wherever you're located, you're going to be close to one of those uh, small business development centers. It makes sense, and it's definitely more efficient, I would think. Yeah. So, so what I'm looking at is I'm a member of uh, the Saving Forgotten Warriors uh, nonprofit here locally in Coleman. Uh, are, do you guys have certain programs that benefit um, veterans or, like you said, women or certain demographics uh, to help them grow more businesses? Now, on, on the loan side, uh, demographically, there, there aren't a lot of different loan programs. You know, oftentimes we'll get calls, somebody wants the woman-owned business loan or right. the minority-owned business right. loan or the rural-owned business loan. And there aren't a lot of different the, – the credit criteria that the SBA applies to loan applications is the same across the board, whether you're male or female or veteran or non-veteran or black or white, whatever whatever the difference is. There, there's, not a, there's not a loan program for those different groups. Okay. The one aspect of the loan program that we have that is a benefit to a specific group uh, is to our veterans, however, because uh, there are some fees that are associated with SBA loans, right. and generally those would have to be paid by the borrower or financed in the loan proceeds. But if you are a veteran or a current member of the Guard or Reserve or the spouse of one of those, if you're yeah. the spouse of the veteran or the spouse of the member of the Guard or Reserve, either some or all of those fees that are generally part of an SBA loan can be waived. And so the benefit is that you're not more likely to be approved for the loan if you're the veteran, but it does make the loan less expensive because of some of the fees, depending on the loan size, either some or all of the fees may be waived uh, if you're a veteran. So we've got a couple other topics. We've talked about the small business counseling and the financial assistance. Uh, Government contracts, how do you guys work with that? 
Now, that, that is the area where, based on ethnicity, based on uh, demographic, uh, based on underserved market areas uh, or veteran status, you, you might can get a benefit in uh, receiving assistance and in, in getting government contracts. One, one of the uh, avenues of assistance that we have for small businesses is, you know, I mentioned our small business development centers. Our, our small business development centers also have located with them procurement technical assistance centers. Mm-hmm. And those are part of uh, the operation of the SBDC network, uh, set up specifically to help small businesses get set up to do business with the government. And there are certain instances where you might be able to get favorable treatment or get into a smaller pool in order to try to receive a government contract. You know, the, the federal government is the largest buyer of goods and services in the world. Oh, wow. It's not even close. And <laughs> yeah. so uh, just about anything that a small business does, you, you may not think that the federal government will have a use for it, but more than likely they do. Uh, and, uh, and so the, the federal agencies, and I'm speaking just federal now, I can't right. you know, address necessarily yes, state sir. agencies or local uh, municipal uh, agencies, but federal government has a goal that 23% of its uh, contracting has to go to small businesses. Hmm. And so our P-tax procurement technical assistance centers are set up to assist small businesses to get that 23% of the pie. A lot of that times, a lot of times businesses may have, or I mean federal agencies may have a goal that a certain number of contracts have to go to woman-owned businesses. Right. A certain number of contracts may have to go to veteran-owned businesses. A certain number of contracts may have to go to service-disabled veteran-owned businesses. Or a certain number of contracts may have to go to underserved uh, uh, entities, you know, whether it be an ethnic uh, situation right. or uh, based on location, if you're in a what is called a hub zone, a historically underutilized mm-hmm. business zone, generally the high unemployment area, all of those different. And you know, one business may touch several of different. You may be a, uh, a service disabled woman owned business, right? Located in a hub zone, yeah. you check three or four different boxes. You're there. getting that contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you would have a better better shot at perhaps receiving absolutely that, that government contract. So the last thing that I want to discuss was the disaster assistance. How do you guys, uh, how do you guys effectively do that? Well, the the and on the disaster assistance side, the SBA is like a two-headed agency. The disaster assistance is a totally separate entity of SBA. So it, it because you know you don't know where a disaster is going to occur. That's right. So uh, in the district office, we're set up to help small businesses. SBA's disaster side is a different entity of SBA, and it's a mobile force that can be utilized. Now, they have central loan centers that process the loan applications, but they also have a cadre just depending on where the disaster occurs so they can deploy the assistance in those areas. Whereas on the commercial side, SBA's loans are a guaranteed loan where a bank makes it and SBA guarantees it. On the disaster side, SBA can come into an area that has been declared a disaster, uh, generally whether federally declared or sometimes state declared by the governor disaster areas, and make direct low-interest loans to individuals that have been impacted by the disaster. And, they, and in that case, it's not just limited to businesses, but uh, homeowners and renters uh, that have been impacted by disasters may also be eligible to apply for SBA disaster loans in officially declared areas. And those are a direct loan from SBA. They are generally longer term, and they are generally uh, below market interest rate. But they are designed only to cover perhaps uninsured or underinsured losses mm-hmm that the business or the homeowner or renter may have suffered. So uh, an SBA disaster loan is a recovery loan. Makes sense. You can't use an SBA disaster loan to start a business or to grow a business. An SBA disaster loan is only designed to help you recover from uninsured or underinsured expenses. And it may even be a situation where you may not have suffered a physical loss 
because of the disaster, but you may have suffered an economic loss because the economy in the right. area was impacted. You can also get the uh, disaster loans that help you recover from an economic injury as a result of a disaster, whether there's a physical injury uh, to your business or not. So, M- Mr. Ralph, I've got about half to almost a full page of notes, some stuff that I didn't know before I talked to you. I appreciate all the information that you've given us. One thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, do you guys do any mobile training teams? Do you have uh, any seminars or events that you go to uh, with the SBA where you're teaching about the stuff that we've talked about? Well, generally, we, you know, we've talked about our counseling assistance. We generally do those events in conjunction with uh, our, our network of resource partners. A lot, oftentimes, our small business development centers may do a training on government contracting. They may do a training on small business finance. They may even do a training on marketing, and they will have some of us from the district office come in and speak on those topics. But oftentimes, uh, a lot of what I do is in response to invitation. I, I don't have to go to a lot of effort myself right. to set up speaking engagements because I get asked oftentimes to come and talk to a chamber of commerce, to talk to a trade organization, to talk to a trade group, uh, or talk to a training class that a, a, you know, a college or university may have uh, as a public outreach. But, uh, you know, you can... Uh, you know, find out the kind of things that we're doing. First off, you want to get on the mailing list of the SBDC that serves your area because they, they you can get on their broadcast list and they can notify you of trainings that they have coming up. So that's one way to find out about uh, the assistance that we have. But uh, an, another thing is we have a district office calendar you know, on the Internet. Uh, if you just go to sba.gov slash al, that's just the state abbreviation for Alabama, sba.gov slash al. That'll take you to the district office page of the Alabama district office, and on there there will be a calendar uh, that is up, and it might show events that we're involved in also. Absolutely. So I'd love we, – we do a monthly entrepreneur event here in Coleman, just a, a small gathering, but I'd love to have you or one of your representatives come uh, and just give us some of the knowledge that you've got and help us uh, – Help us help more people because that's what it's about. You know, our, our slogan with real estate is helping good people get to a better place. Well, that, that's exactly what we do, and, and that is really the, the purpose of the district offices is for the marketing and promotion of SBA programs across the state in whatever form or fashion and whoever we can work with to do that, whatever partnerships we can leverage to do that, we're, we're on board 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've got L.D. Ralph, the Deputy District Director of the Small Business Administration. If you guys are tuning in late, make sure you check us out on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Facebook, where you can listen to it again. And I have a feeling, Mr. Ralph, I'm going to have you back on uh, probably quarterly if you're okay with that. Uh, however often, you know, uh, we, we will be at your disposal. And I've got other experts in other areas. If you want to drill more specifically into the topic of finance or into the topic of Absolutely. government contracting, we have the employees in the district office here who work in those areas that can do an even deeper dive than I can into those topics. And well, we'd be glad to set up time for you to talk with them. Just keep an eye out for my emails, and I'll give you a call as well, because I know that we're, we're always trying to get uh, experts on to help folks, because we believe financial intelligence is the key to financial freedom. Mr. Ralph, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening to Your Dollars Making Sense. Make sure you tune in on our podcast on Spotify as well as on iHeartRadio. You guys have a great weekend.